Church, it's good. You guys can go ahead and be seated. Now, last week I was in Texas, which means I had a week off, which means I am so ready to preach right now because I am just fired up of seeing God establish a new life-giving church, seeing lost people found, people who have been out of church and hurt by church for a while, finding a home. Like I'm energized coming back and we have some special stuff going on. And so I have to fit my message within 25 minutes today. So I apologize if I'm going faster. Um, if it's your first time, no, I don't always go this short, but that's going to be the goal. My timer is rolling, so I'm going to get going. Um, I live in a community and I am a pastor, but I am also a person. All right. I am a human. I am not made of super special pastor stuff. Like, and so when drama starts happening in my neighborhood, I can't help but watch it kind of the same way that everybody does. It's like, it's like, give the popcorn out. Like, this is kind of funny. Someone's grandma is about to start swinging on somebody else in the neighborhood. Like, kids in Ohio, call your grandma. Like, get her under control. Uh, it, what happened, and I'm not going to delve too much so I don't get into trouble, but there is major fire lit. Like, someone installed a stop sign in our neighborhood, and they didn't have all the permissions. And so someone else took the stop sign out, and then someone else put the stop sign back. And it's, I mean, it's kind of humorous, but I'm trying to be more mature, trying to be like, okay, people, let's be neighborly because there's all kinds of things be, being said. And it's, it can be tough to live in a community because you have these different grownups who all think they're right and they all have the right thing and they all have some sort of good intention somewhere inside of them, but it, it, it gets messy. Like community can be messy sometimes, especially when you have messed up people in your community. It gets even messier. And it's true of HOAs and it's true of churches. It's true of cities. If you live in Gator Circle, Coral, Coral Lakes, if you live in Entrada, if you live in Bella Vida, it, like, you're going to have interactions with people in your neighborhood that will get messy sometimes and you will have to make a decision of do I just like pop some popcorn and enjoy this? Do I try to encourage? Do I stay out of the way? Or do I add to the drama? Like there's a decision that we all run through. And I'm not at all saying I do it perfectly all the time or that you have to, but I want there to be an alarm bell that always goes off in my heart that recalls the truth of what scripture teaches, that I have to be cared about the community that surrounds me. We're in a series that's about the values of the church. And really this is a key place where if someone says, hey, what is Gulfside like? Go listen to these four messages. This is the fourth and the last of the series. And it's about being community oriented. And the the, this whole series has really been built largely off of this passage from Matthew chapter 22, verses 37 through 40. And we'll put this up on the screen as I read it. Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second, it's like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Pay attention to verse 40. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Now, I want to look at some things today about what Jesus taught and about how Jesus lived that should shape our perspective of how we interact with our community. And so many churches, they're like, I want to learn the really interesting theological concepts. Let's talk about, does God predestine how every leaf falls on the ground and which direction it's pointed and how quickly it decomposes? And if you ever step on it, like, like, has God ordered all of the words of your mouth and you have no choice about what you do, but you have accountability? Like, people want to talk about those things. They want to talk about how the end of the world will be. They want to talk about prophecies. 
And Jesus highlights and says, the most important thing for you to understand is love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul and love your neighbor as yourself. And all of those other things, they hang upon those two things. And if we don't have a good grasp on those two things yet, you are wasting your time and energy chasing after all of the details. We've got to get that right first. And it's easy to understand. It's difficult and painful to apply it sometimes. But man, does it ring true about how we treat our community. First of all, making sure your mind and your heart and your soul is chasing after God first. Because if you're going to try to love your neighbor, you need God close. Them and those useless stop signs. And then love your neighbor as yourself. I've said this before. I will say this many more times. And you can put this up on the screen. You can't love your neighbor if you don't know your neighbor. You can't love your neighbor if you don't know your neighbor. We as Christians... As followers of Christ's way, we have to find ways to interject ourselves into the lives of other people. And you can't know everyone. But there should be this internal compass in you that says, when I have the opportunity to get my hands into someone's life and to encourage them towards God, I've got to jump into that. This is the way that Jesus lived. This is the way that he ministered. Like, like he served people. It wasn't just about himself and his comfort. Everything from the, the very beginning of where he was born and how he was born to how he lived his life and how he taught. It was this continued thing where Jesus was serving other people. He said, he, and, and so I'm going to give you three things about how Jesus lived and taught that are going to shape the way that we're community oriented. The very first of these is that Jesus came to serve. You need to recognize it is clearly defined in scripture that Jesus came to serve, not to be served. I mean, he said it this way in Matthew 20, verse 28. And we'll put this up on the screen. It says, just as the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Our, our direction in life cannot be just our own comfort. It cannot just be our own friends that we have established. When we have a really strong circle of people and good community support, we don't just lock in and say, I've got my life figured out. I don't need anyone else. We have to turn our eyes towards the city and the world that's around us and be engaged with them. You have a hope living inside of you that they need. They may not recognize their need for it, but there is a need that they have. And I will also say there is a need in, inside of you. You will be the most spiritually healthy when you find ways to serve other people. You've been designed for it. And if Jesus served others, so should we. And so I wanna talk about how that impacts, as a, uh, impacts us as a church because there's the individual level, but there's also an awareness that we need to have as a church body that says, this is how we're gonna serve. One of the questions is where? Like, where do we serve? Well, Jesus defines that in Acts chapter one, verse eight, where he says, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And we have to contextualize that a little bit because biblical geography is tough. What's being taught is he says, you're gonna be my witnesses in my city. And so for us, that's like our city, Cape Coral. We as a church, we have been improving and driving towards. One of our goals for 2024 is we wanna to get to where we are doing service projects every week of the month. 
that there's an opportunity every single week where you can just plug in and go. And like, we have a picture of, we had people from our church who went and served meals. And, and we're helping empower an existing organization that, that is feeding the homeless in our community. And we're helping with funds sometimes. We are helping with people who are serving. That's a beautiful option. We had people who go to the Thrive Pregnancy Center where, where women who are either pregnant or have children can get support. They can learn a career. They can learn how to, how to raise up their kids. And once they're independent, they move off on their own. And it creates a space for another woman to move in who is in crisis and needs assistance. And we did floors for them. We did gardening work for them. We did lots of different things to serve. And that's the orientation that we have to have. There's no responsibility. Like they're not our responsibility. We, we don't owe them anything. But because of the example that Christ set, we naturally, through compassion, will say, we're community-oriented. We're going to help empower these different movements that are happening around, ha- happening around us. And, and this, this also, it shapes our view of the other churches. We want to see the other churches in town and in the cities around us thrive because we are on the same team. Uh, like five years ago, I, was, I got invited to a dinner that a church was putting on just with the goal of getting pastors in the same room so that, you know, once again, to love someone, you've got to know them. So put us in the same room together and we're eating dinner together. And it's a very honoring, very nice night and seated us next to people that we don't know. And the guy who was seated next to me, I, I didn't know him, but like he looked at me and he just decided, he's like, I'm going to be Paul's friend. Like I, like I was a lost puppy and he just adopted me. And I would, I would get text messages from him. Like, hey, how are you? How's your church? How's your soul? When can we get together and, and get lunch? And I'm buying. I'm like, okay, I'm going then. Um, and, and we became friends. And I mean, he was just, he was killing it. Like he started a church that was about 150 people here in Southwest Florida. And it grew to over 500 people. Like that's spectacular. Like as far as pastors go, like he was doing an incredible job. And while he was there, there was some tension that broke out with some of the other leaders. Basically, as the church grew, there was another person who was in the leadership structure who said, you know what, I, I should be the senior pastor of this church instead of him. And so conflict broke out and he got pushed out of the church. There's no moral question. There is nothing wrong other than this other person said, I, I was the pastor before, I'm gonna be the pastor again and you're gonna step aside. And he had a choice to make. Do I divide and destroy the church or do I just step out quietly? And it, it broke his heart and his family's heart. Like it, it was rough. And so meeting with him after that, he's like, I think I'm just done with ministry. And I was like, you are too gifted and you're too called. And I understand this is terrible, but God is gonna use you again in the future. And you have to stay open to that. And he gave it some time and he began to sense a call and they weren't sure, but they prayed about it. They traveled around. They, they found the place that they felt God called them to. And some of you guys have seen Pastor Daniel Gregory teach here before. He does an incredible job. Last week I was with him. He worked me near to death, man. We were like seven, 12 hour days. Like we, we were going, trying to follow up with people who filled out forms online, trying to get equipment working. Um, we there's a couple pastors who were there helping him with his launch because he's led a church, but he's never led a portable church before. So there's a lot that he needed to learn about system setup and teardown. We were literally working five minutes before um, their church service launched. We got their sound to where it no longer sounded like they were, pre- they were like singing underwater, which is important. Um, we got their co- computer audio working two minutes before church. 
And, and so th- those things were important to have working, but I'm gonna tell you, he is an absolute gifted by God communicator. He's great at organizational leadership. He's great at social media stuff and reaching out to people. And so there's so much great work he had done. Um, I wanna share with you the video that they posted that talked about um, their, and I apologize, it was made for social media. So it's like landscape. I'll read you some of the things that might be hard to read. Let's go ahead and play the video from Momentum Church's launch. January 28, 2024, Momentum Church opened our doors. Seven hundred and eleven people were in attendance opening Sunday. Seven hundred and eleven. One hundred and seven people made decisions to follow Jesus. Come on, church. This is just the beginning. Now look, there was a point where he was like, I don't know if I can do this. But we as a church, because we have this mentality, we're going to be connected to other churches. We helped hold him up through a storm. We financially gave towards this happening. We went and we supported it happening. And as he was clearly preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, Christ crucified, buried, and risen again in an invitation, people were crying. People who hadn't been in church in years, they just felt a connection to something they saw, an invitation they received. And so they came and gave church a try again because of those connections. And because of that, 107 people will be in heaven one day. How incredible is that church? Now listen to me. We could just focus on our own, focus internally all the time. That's not gonna be how we are. We're gonna be community oriented in the fact that we belong to the churches of this area. We belong to the churches of Florida. We belong to the churches that are in the United States. We belong to the churches that are beyond those borders. So we have local, our, our city, our Jerusalem. We have Judea, Samaria, which is really like Texas, like launching that church, partnering with them, seeing them get going. That's our, our Judea and Samaria, it's our region. And then to the ends of the earth is what the calling extends to. And we've started at Christmas time, I shared with you guys about projects that we felt like God would be calling us to do. And if we gave towards it, we could see it happen. We went and visited uh, La Ceiba, Honduras, which we have a congregation member who's from there, from the villages, has family con- connections there. And we went and saw it. We went and saw a school that was built by US aid, but it is not funded at all. It is the teachers that are there are parents of the children who attend there. The, the US aid building had no bathroom for the kids or staff to use. And so we said, we, we could do something about that. And so we gave, and so they're, they're, they're beginning. Let's go ahead and go to some of those pictures. Um, this is, the children were like doing this on their own. They weren't forced, they weren't paid. This is not child labor, Don't, this is child willingness. Um, carrying the, the concrete blocks that we bought for the building of the bathroom, carrying it up the hill. You can see the stack of them and how it goes up the hill over there. And so kids, ch- you know, children, mothers, the, the school workers, they were all there lending a hand to make this happen for the school. You can see where they've carried them up. Go on to the next picture where they're, they're beginning to build the walls and where the floor will be for the children's bathroom at the school. Um, we're also buying Bible-based curriculum for the teachers that they're allowed to use there and where they're gonna be integrating scripture and the gospel message into what they're teaching because this is a volunteer-led school. 
And these are some of the faces of the kindergartners. We also said, we, we, yeah, I know, isn't that so fun? Um, we're, we're also, so many kids don't go to school for many reasons. One, they get pulled into work with their parents, just helping carry things, carry bricks, whatever. Um, also, there's just food scarcity there. And so we as a church, we are providing lunch every single day for the school year for those kids. That's awesome. We have bills to pay. We have things to do. We, we, we have concerns here. We have staff members we need to add. We have budgets that should be expanded. We have a calling to do things beyond just us. And in fact, um, the things that we're doing with them is through a local church, which is one of the things that I love. We're not making Gulfside Church famous there. We're making the local churches known there. Go on to the next picture. This is the church in Armenia. We showed, shared pictures before. This wall didn't exist. They just had a, a tin roof covering. And when it would rain there, which it often does in Honduras, it would be almost impossible to have church together. They said, we, we find out who the really committed people are on the rainy days because it's muddy. You're getting wet while you're worshiping God. It's a whole, whole different thing. Um, th- this is a back wall that is built with the bricks that we got. That's, pa- um, that's the pastor of the Armenia church. You can see where they're building out the stage where the gospel will be preached in Spanish on Sundays because you guys gave because you were generous beyond just ourselves. And I love the fact that we're gonna help build some physical buildings for some churches before we even have our own building. I think that's an awesome thing. And, and that's who we're gonna be. Yeah, that, and you can, you can clap for that, that's awesome. Jesus came to serve, we're gonna serve as well. We're gonna invest in other ministries beyond just ourselves, beyond our city, beyond our nation, to the ends of the world. That's gonna be our focus because Jesus came to serve and so will we. Jesus also came to seek. Uh, you, you guys remember hide and seek? Maybe it's been a while since you played hide and seek. Probably sometime in your life you were playing hide and seek and someone went to count and they were just like, never came to find you. <laughs> or if you had kids, like you counted really slowly because alone, quiet time. Children, like they can't wait. Like they count as fast as they can so they can get out there and seek. But once you're seeking, you know that you have an obligation to check under the beds. You got to look in the bathtub. You got to look behind the clothes. And the, like you have to go everywhere and seek. We understand in that context what it means to be seeking after someone. But the church has really messed this up. Like if Jesus was someone who sought after lost people. How did the church become a place that says, we have a building that you can just come to when you're ready? And I'm all about, you know, making, like I want people to know that they're invited, but we need to actually go to them, get into their life, interrupt them. Whether it's interrupting their newsfeed on social media, whether it's going and meeting a neighbor, inviting them over to dinner so that you can get to know them and love them and invite them to church. Going into the schools and serving because you want to find a way to be the, the light of the gospel there. Like we have to be people who are saying, I need to figure out a way to get into other people's life because I have to seek after them the way that Jesus sought after me. And we're gonna be a church that, that, that seeks. And this, this is built out of one of the heartbeat passages of our church. You will hear this many, many times around our church. Luke 19, 10, for the son of man came to seek and save those who are lost. This is how Jesus did it. That's what we should do. So many people question Jesus. Why is he eating with those kind of people? Why would he go be a guest in the house of a sinner? Jesus sought after people in a way that it made the religious people uncomfortable. 
And we cannot become a church that says, man, we have powerful worship and enjoyable preaching and comfortable chairs and AC that works most of the time. And so our life is good. We have a good enough population. We, we meet the needs of our budget. And so we're set now. We're just gonna coast. No, we have to continually be outwardly focused because God has a work that he wants to do in the life, in the heart, and in the family of the people who are on the edges of your life. God has positioned you that when you take that step of faith to, to be invitational, he's gonna meet you there. And you're gonna get to see a grace move through you into someone else's life that will matter forever. And so we can't just become inwardly focused. We have to continue to be a church that seeks after other people. And I wanna clarify, because there's a lot of good that we're gonna do. We're gonna build things. We're gonna feed people. We're, we're gonna care for people. We're gonna care for the homeless but it doesn't just become about those projects. Like Jesus defined it in Luke 19.10 where he said, I came to seek and save those who are lost. There's a spiritual transformation that God wants to see happen in people. God doesn't just wanna change your behavior. He wants to change just spiritually, like, like there's a, a part of you that is, is dead in sin. And he wants to take that and where there feels like there is death and decay and darkness in your life, he wants to place light and love and hope, a sense of newness, a new spirit, a new heart as scripture describes it. And when, when we make a decision to come before God and say, we recognize that we are sinful and we need your forgiveness. We believe that Jesus died on the cross. When we make that confession of faith, he takes the dead out and he places life. And he makes a spiritual transformation in you. And that's what we want to share, share with the city around us. I'm going to tell you, it was, it was so beautiful at, at Momentum Church this last week when Daniel gave the invitation and he said, and if you need to, to make that decision, I'm going to count to three. And don't even think about it. Just put your hand up. And to see the tears and the hands that went up all across the auditorium. That's what the church has got to be about. That spiritual transformation that occurs. The service projects are great. But the service projects are to help guide people to the light, to show them that God has a plan. God has a purpose. God has transformation that is waiting for them. And that is just a small taste of what the kingdom on earth is gonna be like when the church is living and serving the way that it should. And that's what it really comes down to. When we're community oriented, it impacts the way that, that we are as a church. When we're community oriented, it changes the way that we perceive like, is this for me or is this a place for me to serve? Um, Jesus came to save. And when he came to save, he placed us in families. He placed us in a church. Uh, one of the ways that scripture tries to define this truth that we all belong to each other as we belong to Christ is it compares us to like a body. You know, we, if a foot is missing from the body, the whole body suffers. It, it's defined this way in 1 Corinthians 12, 27. We can put this up on the screen. It says, now you are the body of Christ and each one of you is part of it. Band, if you guys wanna come up, I'm gonna begin to close things out. I gotta grab something from over here real quick. Each one of you is part of it is what the passage says. And that, when I read that and I was preparing, it made me think of a puzzle. Just because, you know, <laughs> I can compare my life to a puzzle. I'm like, 
I'm not shaped right. <laughs> I don't know where I fit. I try to fit places and sometimes I, I don't feel like I fit there. And, and I, can, I can relate to kind of feeling like this. But what I think is, you know, the church is kind of like a puzzle in the fact that there's oftentimes churches are like this. It's like we gather together, but none of us are connected to each other. And though we gather for worship and we're all in the same place, because we're not connected to each other, when, when life adds a little bit of gravity to the situation, people start falling out, people start falling apart. And there's no strength to the fact that we were gathered together because no one was actually connected to each other. Scripture says, we're the body of Christ and each one of you is a part of it. The body is not a body if every piece is disconnected. You can be in a seat in a church and not belong to it at all. I'm going to say what it should be like this. Like, when we get connected to a church, there should be, there should be people who are connected to each other there. And when you come in, like the top of Australia, you find your place. And when life adds gravity to your situation and things get tough and maybe depression hits again and it gets tilted up on end, you don't go anywhere because you're connected to people who are being held by their Heavenly Father. And they can hold you up through the storms of life. And if you've just been loosely sitting around in Gulfside Church, I want to give you a big shove on the back to say it's time to find your place. Not just for you, but because you have a gift that is inside of you that is meant for someone else. And when you don't connect, you deprive someone of the gifts that God has placed in you for the church. You will be spiritually better off. Our church will be spiritually better off. We will we will see more things happen in our community. We will see more churches planted across the US. We will see more impact in places like Honduras as we strengthen and, and build our connection to each other. And I, I don't wanna see a church grow just because numbers. I wanna see families and lives and eternities changed because of the gospel of Jesus Christ that moves through people like you. And it moves the most powerfully when we are each a part of it the way that we should be. So maybe this is a strong ask. Good. Get connected this week. Find a place to serve within the church. And, and you may be like, I don't know if my pieces will fit. You'll see how God finds you a place that fits, where he uses a gift that's inside of you that maybe you never even knew about, that he encourages someone that you never even knew before. You're the body of Christ. Each one of you is a part of it. You need to do your part for yourself and for someone else. And as you do that, you're gonna to get to see God do incredible things. Let's pray together. Father, would you just help the courage to rise up in our heart when we feel a sense of fear because of maybe past things that have happened 
or, or insecurity about who we currently are. Help us to get past all of these things and just trust you. You've called us to be part of a church. We know we're supposed to be part of it in a way that the body serves each other. So help us to take that step, get connected so that we can see all of the things that you will do through a church that mobilizes together, that has their eyes set on the community, not just on ourselves. Because we want to see your kingdom built here. In Jesus' name, amen.